1: I must be crazy. I went to law school a really long time. So I have three law degrees. That is to say, in addition to my JD, I am both a master of the laws of taxation laws and a master of the laws of intellectual property laws because I have both of those areas, those disciplines in my background. Now, because of my training, my experiences, and my lifelong interest in business, business development, money, finance, economics, wealth creation, wealth preservation, and wealth transfer, and the roles that all these particular aspects of the social science of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. And as I've shared with you before, bankruptcy law is critical in a capital-based, capitalistic, economic-run system, because most businesses fail, and there must be a way to reclaim those assets and reclaim the lives of individuals who were put so much into those businesses. And that's why bankruptcy is so important, not only here in the United States, but in every capitalistic uh, country, including some that aren't quite so capitalistic. So uh, that's why I find bankruptcy so fascinating. And they also practice bankruptcy's first cousins, that is to say the debt wealth management aspects of businesses outside of bankruptcy, as well as estates and trusts that figure out how to transfer that wealth to the next business operation or to the next generation of the business owners. Real estate, because that's the primary tool that uh, individuals and families create wealth in the United States and other capital based capitalistic countries, and there's sometimes wayward offsprings that has to say everybody has to talk to the tax man annually, we hope. And I'm proud to say that as part of my practice, I also sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and to attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the targets and, unfortunately, more and more the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that you can imagine. It's running rampant today. So. Before I begin, as always, I must ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you As you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least a general outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help if you're having a legal issue related to your finances and or your assets. And I do this because as I'm known for saying, I believe that representing yourself in a legal matter, but especially when concerning your finances and your assets is just like taking a butter knife or a soup ladle to a gunfight. And if you take a butter knife, you're going to be lucky if you can catch your adversary napping And she won't be napping, believe you me. And you're able to sneak up on her and get real close. She may be able to scratch her on the arm or poke her in the eye with your butter knife. But more than likely, you're the one that's going to be dead on arrival. And again, I'm not talking about your... Um, your mortal uh, body or your immortal soul. I'm talking about your valid claims and defenses. Uh, And they're likely going to see the promised land way before you do, because that's all you can argue in court is about your valid claims and your defenses. So once again, I must share with you the purpose for Selwyn's law in case you haven't forgot, you haven't guessed it. It's to discuss the law related to your money and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect your and and or your families and or your businesses, financial health, wealth and money related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. Uh, So some of you have wondered, you know, sometimes I talk about racially tinged issues on this show Well, first off, I'm racially tinged myself as a black woman who has observed uh, the way the law and money uh, is focused or not so much focused on communities throughout our society without some basis in discrimination. And so because that's part of my perspective, I bring that to everything I do, including this show. And I got to tell you, I don't believe that enough information is put out in the public sphere for people who look like me, not act like me, but people who look like me. And I think that they need to know what's going on in the business world and how the business world is interpreted by courts of law, because, you know, unless we funnel things through courts of law and people feel that the courts of law are going to be fair, we end up in a society that's not going to run as we hope it would. And so that's why I I talk about these issues. I want members of my community to know about opportunities to start businesses and to run families in an economically viable way. And when they run into trouble, there are ways and means out there to assist them getting themselves out of the ditch. And so uh, this show encompasses my whole being. And I want to reach all aspects of the community, be you of color or be you white, be you a large business or be you a small business. But I especially want to reach out to those small businesses that have been historically ignored by the overall legal community and the overall business community. So I'm going to continue doing that while I have this opportunity and this opportunity to share my voice and my thoughts with you all and as well as my research. So in that vein, today I'm going to give an update on some important court decisions that were given down earlier this month including two rulings or two sets of rulings concerning matters that we have discussed on this show. One, the Small Business Administration's Restaurant Relief or Revitalization Fund, that is geared towards assisting restaurateurs and bar keepers and the like keep their doors open, or assist them in reopening their doors as a result of them being shut down in 2020, to help retard the community spread of COVID-19. And the other, the debt relief program implemented by the United States Department of Agriculture to assist farmers of color who had been historically targeted by their own government via the United States Department of Agriculture to either not get loans at all or to get loans that were insufficient in amount or at rates and fees that were excessive when compared to those amounts, rates, and fees that were offered and uh, undertaken by their white counterparts. Well, I gotta tell you, recent decisions at both the trial and appellate levels in courts have put a halt to the gender and race-related preferences afforded the restaurants and bar keeps pursuant to the restaurant revitalization fund. And it stopped the distribution of the money that Congress had set aside to pay off the loans of farmers of color who had been, as I said, unlawfully discriminated against by their own government because of their race and ethnicity. So first, let's look at Um, what's going on with the Biden administration's efforts to provide uh, financial relief to farmers of color. Well, in an article uh, published in the New York Times and written by Alan Rappaport, it was published earlier this month on the 11th of June, uh, the the author says, uh, a federal judge halts the Biden administration's minority farmers relief program now, um, it goes on to say that the debt relief for minority farmers has targeted the backlash or triggered the backlash from banks, especially, who said it, the program, was depriving them of their expected profits. And that's one of the key reasons why that got the big kibosh. And again, briefly, how, why would a bank care? A bank lends you a $1,000 and it charges you interest. And it, even if it has a prepayment penalty, doesn't it want it to be repaid and get its interest paid rather than possibly put you in default and not get anything at all? Or if you have to go into bankruptcy, take some lesser amount? Uh, no, evidently. The banks, uh, because it was a federal loan program, found it easy to securitize these loans and basically turn them into stocks and sell them, and sell them for revenue streams. And if those revenue streams um, got short-circuited, as would happen if the loan got paid off before uh, the, uh, say, 20 years or 15 years or 30 years that the revenues were expected, that would be a loss for the uh, sec- the entity that secured uh, uh, the loan, and they might have to come out of pocket if there was an insurance policy involved. So, Uh, A federal judge in Wisconsin halted the Biden administration's uh, debt relief program for minority farmers, issuing a restraining order that will freeze the $4 billion initiative while a lawsuit filed by a group of white farmers claiming discrimination proceeds. So there was like multi-fronted attack against this program white farmers said that they were discriminated because the program was set up to assist people who had been discriminated and banks because they weren't going to get the full revenue stream that they felt that they were entitled to. So when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about these uh, lawsuits, these two groups of programs that were out there to assist uh, people of color and women and veterans. Uh, but we're going to take a short break and I'll see you on the other side.
0: Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead.
1: Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion about the update on some major court decisions that have put a halt to two programs that were implemented in the Biden administration to assist first restaurants uh, who were having uh, financial issues as a result of the COVID-19 mandated shutdown of those businesses, and also farmers of color who have a long history of being discriminated against by their own government via the United States Department of Agriculture. So I'm going to spend the rest of the show looking at the restaurant revitalization uh, program and how that particular um, fund has also been shut down because of uh, lawsuits claiming that the program's initial implementation, those first 21 days of the program, where um, only grants to women-run restaurants, restaurants run by veterans, and or restaurants run by individuals of color were going to actually gain access to those funds. Now in an article in the New York Times written by Stacy Cowley and published on June 14th, she entitled the article Judge halts race and gender priority for the restaurant relief grants. And that means that approvals for thousands of restaurant revitalization fund applicants were rescinded after the court order struck down the policy that favored historically underserved groups. And the two groups that um, the court found were undeservedly uh, targeted for priority were women and people of color. Now, the lawsuits bought by white business owners challenging a policy that prioritizes applicants for pandemic relief grants on the basis of either gender or race have thrown the federal government's restaurant revitalization fund into turmoil. Tens of thousands of applicants who expected an easier path to gain access to the $28.6 billion aid program are now stuck in limbo, and nearly 3,000 restaurant owners whose grants were already approved have been told that they will not and cannot get paid. And you know, the money's running out fast as the program had distributed $27.5 billion to about 100,000 applicants prior to the court putting the big kibosh on going forward or letting any more money out the front door. Now, Gregory Leon, the owner of um, Emiliana's in Milwaukee, was told last month that he'd be getting a grant. So think about that. I'm going to be getting a grant. But over the weekend of June 6th, He was told that he, along with 2,964 other applicants, were notified that the federal court had ruled in Texas and Tennessee and therefore ruled against the program, and therefore their payments were not going to be let out the door. Um, Mr. Leon said, I started crying when he read the email giving him the bad news on Sunday morning, the 6th. Uh, Literally, I started crying. It's like they're dangling this carrot in front of you, this moment that will mark the end of a terrible, horrible year and a half. And then in a matter of seconds, it's all gone. The whiplash uh, is a result of the foiled attempt by Congress to ensure that historically underserved businesses get the help they need. When they created, they being Congress, created the Restaurant Relief Revitalization Fund in March, lawmakers ordered the Small Business Administration, which runs that program, to include a 21-day exclusivity period. During that time, only applicants from women, military veterans, and in quotation marks, socially and economically disadvantaged individuals defined by the agencies as those from certain racial and cultural groups who also had limited financial means would be approved. Others could file their application but had to wait to have their request reviewed. The fund began taking applications on May 3rd and was soon overwhelmed. More than 362,000 businesses applied seeking uh, uh, some total of $75 billion. And they, that was nearly three times what Congress had all- allocated. And little if any of the money would have been left for applicants outside of the priority group um, or so the court felt. Now, some restaurant owners sued, claiming that the priority period was discriminatory, and several judges agreed, prompting the agency to alter its report, is the way it was approaching this. The court, in its filings uh, in late May, in response to the action, stopped the payment on priority applications. So that meant the nearly 3,000 people who women or veterans or uh, people of color were revoked and will be paid only once it completes processing all previously filed non-priority applications and only if the fund is not exhausted. So stop. 90, about 95 percent of the targeted group had already received funding before the courts issued their, um, their restraining orders. So those people have the funds. I don't know if there's going to be some kind of craw- clawback mechanism to get that money. But going forward, they put a stop on those who had already received funding, and now they're going to open up the door to non-women and non-people of color who applied before those individuals applied. So it sounds like a, a, a big mess sorting this all out, but this is your government in action and this is what the court found. So I'm gonna read to you the holding of one of the courts that heard uh, the matter that ruled against the SBA. And this is in the matter of Blessed Cajun, LLC et al., who are the plaintiffs, versus Isabella castillas Guzman in her official capacity as administrator of the Small Business Administration and the United States Small Business Administration. Civil case number uh, 21-00-677-0. The court there concluded, for the foregoing reason, the court concludes that plaintiffs, that is to say, the Cajun restaurant, the white restaurateurs, the group that sued the SBA, have met their burden of proving each of the four elements of a preliminary injunction. And in case you you really want to know what those are, it's basically that the individuals who are suing have uh, some standing. The legal standard is to qualify for a preliminary injunction, the movement must clearly carry the burden of persuasion with, with, as with all four of the elements. And they are a substantial likelihood that the movement will ultimately prevail on the merits of the case. Two, a substantial threat that the movement will suffer irreparable harm if the injunction is not granted. Three, that the threatened injury to the movement outweighs whatever damage the proposed injunction may cause to the opposing party, and that granting the injunction is not adverse to the public interest. So, I don't agree with that. (laughs) I don't agree with the standard. Okay, so, congress has decided that it's important that these restaurants um have access to these funds there is a, that's a huge public interest that's number four and who's to say whether this these business because the two businesses that sued they got funding and so the response of the government was that their claim was moot but be that as it may this court said that that wasn't the case and it said that the threat to the restaurants, the white restaurateurs, was greater than that to the potential women and people of color restaurateurs. I don't think the court got that right. And um, irreparable harm what irreparable harm is there if ultimately these two restaurants said suit? got the money that they applied for. So it, it, it it's, it's kind of cray cray, but you know, that's the way things go sometimes. Okay, so the court stated, stated that it believed that the moving party had made its case. And as such, um, it decided that the Restaurant Relief Program could not continue until the plaintiffs who were Jason and Jenna Smith and Eric Nyman, respectively, until their applications had been processed and and, uh, considered in a race-neutral, sex-neutral, first-come, first-served basis. So I'm gonna leave it there for now, but as always in closing, I like to say here on Selwyn's Law, we always wanna stay on the right side of the law Especially when the law, in our opinion, has been manipulated in such a way that the outcome seems to use our own arguments against us, such as calling programs that are geared to compensate for past discrimination discriminatory in and of themselves you know, we must not relent. We must not give in. We must keep moving forward. And that's why we need a whole lot more female and people of color lawyers, as well as STEM folks out there, as I've shared with you before. So in closing, we always want to stay on the right side of the law and not give up. And so until next time, I urge you, if you haven't already done so, please get vaccinated. And until you do, Please mask up, keep your social distance, and wash your hands. Till next time, take care. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead.